You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Joining us today is Jason Lonsberry, the CEO of Apex Ammunition, and I'm excited about this conversation because I'm pretty familiar with Apex Ammunition and some of the awesome stuff that they put out there, but I'm really excited to talk to Jason and really get into the weeds about TSS and about Apex Ammunition in general. Jason, welcome to the DU Podcast. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for having us on, man. We're real excited to be here with you today. And uh, man, just have a, have a good conversation. Absolutely. And, and you know, we'll go ahead and kick this off. And I do this with pretty much every guest, especially someone who's new to the show. But I just want you to provide a little background about you and how you became the CEO of Apex Ammunition. Sure, sure. Um, man, it's funny because we, uh, we, myself and my other two co-founders, Jared Lewis and Nick Charney, uh, the, the whole idea of Apex came about in a duck hole, as a matter of fact, out in Oklahoma. And, um, you know, we can kind of go into some the history of some TSS stuff here in a minute, but I was never a, a hand reloader or anything of that nature. Uh, my, my background uh, is I've owned multiple businesses in the past, uh, mostly pertaining to the fitness industry and outdoor uh, exploration, skiing, things of that nature, outdoor adventures. Um, but Nick Charney, he was a big hand reloader. And, and uh, one weekend, him, uh, my buddy Jared, and myself were in a duck hole and we had a, we had this cat wall come flying in. He was pretty far outside of our spread and it was a real slow morning. And Nick, uh, me and Jared stand up and we fire off, don't even touch it. And Nick sits up nice and slow and just takes his aim and, and, and squeezes the trigger. And that bird, man, he, uh, he dropped stone cold dead. I mean, it was 
probably 55, 60 yards out. And, you know, we were, we were pretty freaked out by that. And, uh, you know, we, we asked him what he was shooting and he was like, I got that TSS, man. It's, it's, you know, it's the best stuff ever. And I hand loaded it, brought it with me the whole gamut. So, uh, that morning didn't last real long. A thunderstorm had rolled in, pushed us out. So we went back to duck camp and, uh, sitting around having some drinks and just, you know, eating some food, waiting for the storm to pass and just killing some time. We started getting the conversation about TSS a little more and he really began to educate, um, myself and Jared more about the intricacies behind it. And, you know, had, had I had not seen that that day, I never would have like really paid a whole ton of attention to it, especially in in a duck hole like that. And, uh, so from that moment forward, uh, we, we got our FFL and we had our facility built ready to rock. We had a couple of employees on, on, on standby within about 90 days, we were actually moving product, um, off our online store. And we had started, yeah, we had started uh, just just direct to consumer, uh, you know, shipping, uh, doing everything all online with the e-commerce platform, and uh, we just kind of scaled from there. We had started that at the tail end of the 2017 turkey season. Yeah, because I know you guys kind of had a, a really, you know, for me especially, um, you know, I started hearing, and I'm not a huge turkey hunter, but I turkey hunt just enough that I hang out with a bunch of them and try and slip in on a good hunt when I can, um, but. You know, I heard the rum, the first rumblings of Apex, Apex was actually from turkey hunters. And and that's what I wanted you yeah, – and I'm glad you brought it up, you know, that kind of that – maybe was it just that turkey season was in? That's why, you, you know, when that jumped out when you guys first started? Or or was it that you started getting phone calls from turkey hunters too? So TSS was kind of really introduced for turkey hunters almost 20 years ago by a guy named Kyle Smith. And uh, it's always been kind of hand-loaded by just private reloaders, um, hobbyist reloaders, things of that nature. And it's it's been kind of one of those, uh, you know, almost like a subculture, if you will, of guys who just want to hand reload. And it had been being done for some odd 15 years by that point in time. And uh, when when Nick was explaining a lot of the history of it and where it come from, you know, my question was, well, where where can you buy it? And he's like, no, you nowhere. You got to find someone who can make it, and then you got to order the stuff and do it yourself. And I was like, man, I was like, based on what I had seen, I'm going, why why is no one doing this yet? Why is no one manufacturing this? And at the time, you know, obviously it was like the the, the cost factor of tungsten, which we can get into a little later, but tungsten's expensive. And, you know, everyone was just doing it on their own. No one thought that someone would, would want to buy that. So we were saying, well, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure we can get someone to move because I would buy that <laughs> in a second um, based on what I'd seen. So at that time, we had I had just seen this. We had just come up with the concept of Apex, you know, right at the tail end of duck season. It was in January. So we had a couple of months to get it together, you know. Uh, there was already a, a culture that was using TSS within turkey hunters. So um, with some of the friends and people that we had connections with already in the industry through through Nick or through Jared or myself, we were able to kind of start just kind of guerrilla marketing uh, some of the Apex brand. We made our first box. Our first boxes were white with a, with, a, with a janky label on it, you know, that we just put together and we, we can get working within that season. And then... Uh, we launched it, I think, right around April is when we started selling our first boxes out there at the end of April. So right at the tail end of, of most of the season across the country. But when, when people had found out that we actually had loaded shells that were moving, it, 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 we sold out. I mean, first weekend that we had opened it up. And, you know, we were thought we, we, were, we were doing big time right then and there. But um, from that point, we were like, well, we, we saw the whole value in waterfowl also. So let's do a waterfowl season. 
Well, you know, like the waterfowl hunters tend to be more volume or volume shooters. And, you know, a guy having the concept of spending, you know, 10 to 12 bucks on a shell just makes you want to vomit. So we had made some blended loads, um, lighter payloads to reduce the cost of it at that time. And we, we were selling it. Uh, guys were buying it, but it wasn't real popular then. You know, we hadn't, we didn't really have deep pockets for marketing dollars at that time. So it was a matter of just getting it out there to cycle it. We were shooting it ourselves. Um, you know, and, and it, it kind of scaled from there where we just kept trying to put it in, in people's hands. Uh, as we get reviews or, or, or any kind of feedback, we would adjust if we needed to and just kind of kept with it. So, you know, that transition into waterfowl hunting, you mentioned, you know, this is, you know, people are looking at it as a volume shoot, but 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 I'm just going to assume, and, and I'm just curious asking you, um, you know, there are people out there who are, you know, very specific about their loads. And once they find something they really like, they want to shoot it again. And one thing we do know about waterfowl hunters, you know, all across the board is they're willing to spend money. Is that kind of the target audience that you guys started out with? Because, you know, you know, just like you said, you saw this stuff work and and it and it is super effective um it was that the target audience that you guys are going for like hey let's let's start out by kind of getting it in their their hands and then let them shoot it and see what they do you know it's 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 kind of a twofold question so one is we knew turkey hunters were already using it so i think that was more of our immediate demographic to go after our, our, our hunting guys because they had already seen and known it. There was already like this culture that was out there following it. So as far as getting people to understand that cost-benefit ratio to it, that was already established. What we had to kind of do was let people know it was there and available. Um, and then also, you know, get knowledgeable with what guns and platforms and chokes were working best with what. And the more you produce, the more you learn. So uh, we were collecting so much data in the first two years that it was helping turkey hunters out really dial in their platforms. On the other side, for waterfowl hunters, you know, once they'd shoot it, there was no going back. Uh, but it was getting people to buy into the idea of a, of a more expensive shell. And that idea really was sold when you are shooting half the volume because you don't you don't have to waste a shell on a bird you're kind of questionable on distance anymore. Um, if you have a more versatile shell, you know, one one shot, one kill, it's an ethical kill. Um, they die on impact. There's a lot less cripples that are out there. So that those items, I believe, are also very important to most waterfowl hunters. As far as being the main demographic, we knew that when we started that we would be known for the guys who started TSS for turkey hunters, but we were going to do other stuff too. We we also know that there are more waterfowl hunters than turkey hunters in, in, in you know in the United States and North America in general. But um, it would take more time to get into that market. Uh, it's much wider. It's broader. There's a lot more options out there for it. So you're competing on a much bigger playing field to get that product out there. So it's taken rightfully so a little bit more time to get to that point. But, um, you know, as, as the past few years have turned, you know, our, our, the bigger market we service is waterfowl hunters and, and volume specifically. We, I think that we are more well-known percentage wise for turkey hunters. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So if we were to look at the percentage of those two demographics, we occupy more space in the turkey area. And then for waterfowl hunters, it's becoming one of those, dude, there's apex is an option and, and they've got it right now. Yeah, no, that's great. And and now you guys are still, are you hand loading these waterfowl loads? I'm just curious because I know you mentioned it started out as everyone's hand loading these uh, turkey loads. Are you guys still hand loading those? Have you guys created some kind of process? For some that? of them. Okay. Some of them are. Yeah. So 
we have tungsten. We have a tungsten blend with with steel, and we also have a full steel line. Uh, the full steel line is all done on an, on an inline loader, uh, and our blends are as well with some mechanically, you know, hand guided uh, precision uh, assistance. Our full TSS waterfowl is still done by hand. So anything that requires 100% tungsten load is still done by our, our by our assembly line in our shop in Columbus. Um, the reason why we do it that way is we have yet to find a, a shot dropper or machine that can drop within the specific needs that we require to have optimal performance. So for if you've ever reloaded a shell or, or know anybody who has, if you're loading tungsten, one or two pellets that get dropped into a shell can change you know, your, your payload. That could change your pressures. It could change your pattern. Uh, it could change the way the shell crimps. So we have, we have guys, and they're dropping pellets into a shell. You know, they're, they're being done specifically down to the grain on what we require for, for every uh, skew. Um, if they need to, they'll pull one out or they'll put one in. The machines are still only so good, and it requires that human eye to kind of touch and feel. We have worked with uh, companies to see if we can do it quicker with machinery, but most go, no, nah, it's too tight of a tolerance for us to make something and engineer something like that for you guys. So our, you know, we, we get it down to the exact grain and that's where we focus on that niche is that hand loaded process allows for a hand inspection, a human eye, a touch in the feel. You can hear if it's, if it's got just a little bit of settling, a little bit of shake to, or too much rattle, then it gets kicked back. You know, uh, if the crimp didn't come through all the way, it gets kicked back. And there, there are some things that just machines still can't do, uh, because it requires, you know, a sense of feel. Um, and sight to kind of really get that whole quality product off that line. When it comes to waterfowl hunting and the steel, um, you know, steel is much lighter, right? So, you know, like uh, tungsten, you know, comes in, TSS comes about 18.1 grams per cubic centimeter, which is about 56, 57% more dense than lead. So steel, which is lighter than lead, comes about 7.86, 7.85, I believe, right around there. And, um, so maybe you know, it's it's half as dense, a little bit more. So, so when you drop one one additional pellet, let's say even size shot size eight of TSS into a shell, just that additional weight of just that one shot, that one pellet, uh, can definitely cause you know a major difference in in the overall weight of the shell. Rather than with steel, that they're just not as heavy. Is that that's basically kind of the what the way I'm thinking about it i'm really dumbing it down here <laughs> yeah so i mean if you really if, if you if you look at a one pellet right it weighs a few grains uh just a few grains of, of extra buffer which is a uh, looks like a white salty substance that we use to kind of take up the empty space in between all the pellets in the shell just three grains can throw off your pressures you know when you're looking at you know you know five digits of, of, of pressure you're, you're dealing with it could throw it off by a few hundred psi just by a few grains so that one pellet does make a difference. It doesn't make it unsafe if it's a little bit over on weight, but it can affect performance. Um, you know, it, it can affect the way the shell looks, which to us, if a guy is going to pay what they're paying for in a shell like ours, it better be perfect. We don't send things out less than perfect. If it's not perfect, we fix it. And um, you know, over the years, I'm learning more and more and more about how to mass produce shells to make each one perfect. That in itself is an art form. And you know, our operations team, that's led by Jerry Lewis, has done a phenomenal job on that. Every every day is a learning process to make that better. And you know, hand loaders typically will make about what maybe twenty to fifty shells in a rack. 
Um, you know, we do about a thousand to thousands a day. So you get a lot more reps in to really see and identify um, good components versus bad components, recipes, why you'd want to change them, uh, certain gunpowders. You know, not all gunpowder is going to operate the same way. Um, if you change payloads, should you change powders? There's a lot of variables that are involved there. And those things are done through all of our, 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 our rigorous testing protocols that we've, we've installed. That's a good transition because I was going to ask you about testing. And, you know, that's one thing that, that we've stressed on this show, especially, you know, I have Phil Bergele on here pretty regularly and we discuss people patterning their waterfowl gun and, and really stress the fact that people need to do it because a lot of duck hunters don't do it. But it kind of got me thinking, you know, when you guys first came out, um, you know that turkey hunters are patterning, you know, that they all, every turkey around I know wants to talk about their pattern in spring, um, which is cool. Um, but waterfowl hunters are not doing it. But when you guys first started, what, how did you guys start with the waterfowl loads? You know, did you guys have a specific gun or did you just use your guns or, or how, how was that testing in the first phase? I'm just curious, how did that kick off? You know, we just, we had our guns that are on site, uh, like, you know, your common guns, all your 870s, A5s, your Benelli's, you know, we, we did have those. <clears throat> and if we didn't, our, our, either some of our field staff did our R and D team, did. we kind of developed those teams as we went and they brought their own guns to the table to test. We established a testing protocol, you know, um, you know, as far as your your uh, your target size, distance. So it's all being done the same way. We would also test in different regions because, um, you know, if, uh, like if we sent a guy up to super cold temperatures up north, but we're testing down south while it's still warm. Is that going to affect the pattern? So we would actually change where these are being tested, and that 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 taught us a lot because you know there there are there have been issues in any ammo manufacturer that's out there not just us not just any the big guys everybody has to contend with temperatures and um you know if it's super cold most people at some point in time have experienced less than optimal ammunition performance and uh, those temperatures will change so we need to know what that did before season ever hit so we go as far far as far north as we possibly could to have that happen so they'd use their guns and we just took the data they had out using an SBE2 and he's using, you know, modified choke. And this is what we got out of that. We just wrote it down. But, you know, uh, up to this day, I, I would say on both sides of the fence, uh, whether it's waterfowl or turkey hunting, it's always what kind of choke do you recommend with this round? So we've kind of become choke experts, I'd say, because we've just seen and done so much with so many different companies. And every choke manufacturer, you know, they might spin it just a little bit different. Um, they might have wad strippers in there. Some don't pour, some pour, you know, it, it, they all have a slightly different effect on how that shell is going to perform. And you can't say one is exactly better than the other, but it's like, hey, this is how this one's going to perform, this one, how this is going to perform. Um, and if the, if the shooter likes it, if the hunter's out there and they like what they got, then that's what, they, that's what they're going with. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. 
Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside. Yeah, and were you into that? You know, before I know you said you didn't load shells necessarily, but were you into, you know, the patterning side of things for even your waterfowl gun before you got it into Apex? Um, I would say not as much. No, we'd go shoot. We, you know, like we, we just, it was something we didn't pay a whole lot of attention to in the very beginning. I don't think a lot of, like you said, a lot of waterfowlers. I don't believe go and pattern their guns like they probably should. And I think that once we really dove into the intricacies of how a shell works and how the shot flies and when you use steel mixed with TSS, how is that going to affect things? We needed to find out. And, you know, in doing so, we learned more about our own platforms and going, oh, was I doing it right or was I doing it wrong or was it less than optimal? Yeah, and I know it's hard to it's hard to say exactly what is perfect. You know what would be the perfect setup. But what 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 did you end up finding out with the gun that you shot shoot every day for ducks? Um, what did you learn? Like, what's the perfect apex load for that gun? I'm very very partial to our blended load, which is uh, it's steel and it has nine shot TSS, a quarter ounce of nine shot TSS. I use a Browning A5, and I simply use a modified choke on that. Um, it's funny because for me, I mean, I, I was out, I was, out, I was hunting last season out with Bill Saunders on Washington state, uh, actually close to where I live. And, um, we were, uh, we were in a duck hole and we had uh, our first volley kind of came in. And, um, at that time, it was funny. I was, I was shooting my, uh, Mossberg 500 because my a five was having some issues with it. So I was using a pump and he was laughing at me. So I used the modified mat. And uh, he said, well, have fun with that gun. But it would tell you what, like that Mossberg 500, you know, as cheap of a gun as it is, is an old trusty gun. And I use a modified choke and that nothing aftermarket. Um, and I shot the first duck that came in. The The rest of the blind, that we were in a pit blind. They all stood up and they popped the others. And there was one flying out. And no one took a shot. And I said, well, I'm going to take a shot at it. And it was a nice, good little about 60 yards, 65 yard poke. He was flying directly away. And just dropped stone cold dead. And it was like, man, you know, that's exactly what I had seen when we had uh, started uh, Apex back when Nick first shot that catwalk. And and Bill was sitting next to me. He's like, dude, that was a poke, man. <laughs> he's like, he's I haven't seen a shot like that in a while. And uh, but he shoots our blend also, so he he knew what it could do. And we were talking about it, and that that conversation and that blind became all about you know, what we were shooting and everything else and about chokes that, you know, the same conversation 
that we're having now was was had the next three hours sitting inside that blind. And uh, but yeah, that 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 day was was proven to be just a modified choke, pretty simple. Um, not really overthinking it, and it, it worked great for me. But as far as you know, a lot of our stuff, it's you definitely want to be a little more open. Uh, you know, uh, even when you kind of look at turkey hunters, the thing with tungsten is is you don't want to over choke it. Like if you go to like a like a six fifty choke tube for a turkey hunter using TSS, it will shoot. But we we highly recommend most people don't go below that. like a six fifty five. Uh, a 665 is better. Even a 670, 675 is, is pretty good because tungsten is, is, is extremely hard. It doesn't deform, right? And even though like lead is, it was kind of like your, your, your gold standard for the longest time, it's very soft. So you have a, like with lead, you have a very soft material. So when you fire it, when you first pull that trigger and that primer hits the powder, ignites it, everything sits back in that wad. And it begins to deform that shot immediately. So if you ever look at lead, after if you go and pick any up off the ground, it's always like you know, fragmentations is what it looks like. It's not rounded at all. Um, with TSS, we could shoot it into a steel plate, go pick it back up and reuse it. You could probably, I think we could retest. We've tried to break it to see how many times you can do that. And we could, we could reload TSS about five times before you start seeing problems with it. Uh, point being is, with that hardness, you get a few very interesting properties that 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 are advantageous to both waterfowl hunters and turkey hunters. One of them is which is it doesn't deform, so you get a lot of penetration. It doesn't slow down immediately when it hits a target, so it does go through and through. Secondly, is because it's so hard, the tungsten that we use is also polished, so it, the flight performance is optimal. Meaning that when it comes out that barrel, you don't necessarily have to have a whole lot of choke manipulation for that shot to stay in a nice, dense, even pattern. Uh, where you will see a bad pattern is if you try to go something too tight. A full choke and a waterfowl would be just fine, but you know you don't want to be shooting a laser with these things at all because what happens if you overcompress tungsten as it exits that that choke tube? Uh, there's this phenomenon called bridging, and basically it just creates a lot of friction. They bunch up at the end of that choke tube, and the the shot will actually take that heated energy and expand itself quickly, blowing your pattern out. In a lot of circumstances, because tungsten is so much harder than steel, you can do damage to that choke. So, you know, kind of being being modest with your 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 how how much you choke it down is pretty important. Um so it, it what you what you kind of get to is with that with that tungsten uh in the steel mixture is because steel I explain it like this. Steel is kind of like if you're standing across a room 10 feet away and I threw a ping pong ball at you, like you're going to feel it, it's going to hit you. But if I stood that same distance and threw a marble at you, it's going to hurt, right? So it's kind of the same thing. We're throwing marbles and ping pong balls. The ping pong ball is going to slow down real quick. So steel slows down fast. So when we mix tungsten and steel together, your steel begins to slow as soon as it gets out in the open air. Once it leaves that muzzle, it begins to, to decelerate. So does tungsten, but about, about you know a third of the speed. So your pattern begins to open up quicker, kind of like a like a you know like a parachute. And what that does is if you have that bird right in your face coming across and you're trying to pull that trigger, well, your tungsten that's coming out is a lot more a lot more dense still, right? It's got a more compact pattern. The steel begins to expand quicker. So in an up-close flyer, more than likely the steel is going to do the job. 
But if you have something like I did and you have a bird flying away from you or it's a little bit out in distance, probably beyond about 30 yards, that tungsten has enough time to open up and then continue to carry the energy to put a bird down without any kind of you know wounding of the animal. Um, so it does a good job working together. And if you have a full TSS load for waterfowl, uh, you just want to make sure that you're not over choking. And if it's up close, you better be on point. Um, the, the the cool thing about using tungsten also is it doesn't you know it doesn't slow down like steel. So if you are using a full TSS blend, you know you can kind of you can kind of lead a bird just like you would with steel. It's about twenty yards out if it's fifty yards out. You don't need to change your lead a whole lot because tungsten doesn't slow down near as much as steel does. Yeah, because it's retaining that energy. Exactly. Even upon impact. I, I do like, I will note that I like your, uh, the whole marketing plan that you have is, is when, like you mentioned with Bill Saunders, is you wait till everyone shoots, let that bird get out to about 60 yards, and then you dump it out there. And then everyone's like, oh my gosh, the apex, that's awesome. Is, is, that, is that your plan every time you go out with someone new? <laughs> Every time I go, that's my plan. I want to take a long bomb shot. No, <laughs> no I mean, honestly, <laughs> that's definitely not the case. I only took the shot because it was the last bird going out. Yeah, It's kind of like turkey hunters, you know, like, can you shoot long? I'll say, yes, you can. But the whole point and principle of having tungsten in there is one, to, to, to guarantee that you're going to have a more ethical kill opportunity. And number two, you know, despite, you know, we, we, you look at waterfowl hunting, man, you know, most waterfowl hunters, like real ones, are probably close to broke by the end of the season, right? Like they spend, you spend a ton of money on waterfowl hunting. And out of all of that, ammo is still your cheapest thing. So, so even with what we're, what we've got on the market right now, it's still the most least expensive thing that you invest into while out there hunting. But if that thing can triple your chances while you're in a hole every time, or if you're a tricky hunter and you're out in the field and you spent, you know, you took off time from work, the travel costs, you know, all the gear you need, you know, all those items come into play. I mean, improve your chances improve conservation, right? I mean, you, you don't want to lose any of these birds. No, no hunter really cares to wound animals. So if we can kind of close that gap, then that's that's really a lot of where our mission's about. No, that's great. And I've, I've like I said, I've shot some of the full tungsten apex loads and they're 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 pretty deadly I'll, I'll i'll say that you know i'm not gonna i don't don't know exact distance that you know i've i've brought down a spec um but i know that there was one occasion where you know a couple of guys in my blind were shooting and they had kind of you know you when you shoot a bird and you can tell it got hit and and they obviously weren't shooting apex here <laughs> just kidding uh, but they kind of crippled it a little bit and you know it started soaring you know you don't want these birds to just soar all the way across the field and i I sat up and I took a really long shot that I normally wouldn't take um, and just, you know, paper bagged it. And it was just down, you know, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, you like you said, you don't want to take that shot. But there are times when you do. And when you do, you don't want to cripple anything. And and I think that that's definitely a, a very good point. Um, you know, let, let's talk about the blend a, a little bit more because you kind of got into it. Is that something that ex does that extend your shot string? Man, the shot string is going to be, eh, not, it just depends really on what kind of choke at that point, right? Like some, some chokes based on wad stripping and all that can change the shot string quite a bit. But what it does do, if you kind of think about this, it's, I, I would, uh, without getting too much into, I guess, the physics of it, you kind of think about uh, like a two-stage ammunition. So as, 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 a, as a, you know, steel leaves, it fans out, the TSS begins to, to pass through and, and excel beyond it. 
it's almost like it's hitting its afterburners at that point once it's uh, extended. So you have a, a wide pattern in and a wide pattern further out just because it slows down. So it's the shot string. Yes, it kind of depends on where you're looking at in that entire firing opportunity, because if you're looking 20 yards down, yeah, that shot string should be long because the steel began to fall back and the tungsten should be extended forward. Uh, so, and then when you look at width also, the width should be wider in the very beginning. It should be kind of be of a conical shape towards your target by that point. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I probably shouldn't have even asked that. We, we could get into that conversation for two hours um, regarding shot strings. I've had Phil Roselli on the show before and we've got into that and it's like, oh my gosh, we're never going to end this conversation. <laughs> Phil cornered me up at the 2020 uh, shot show uh, before before the world got crazy. And uh, uh, man, we, he came up to our booth and we were talking and it was about 90 minutes into that conversation about patterning. And uh, luckily, luckily uh, our COO, Jared, he was there. <laughs> and that guy, you know, he's, he's, like a, he's like a machine when it comes to talking about because he's the one that tests everything. So most of those tests come through him. He sees it firsthand on what's happening all the time. So if you ever want to have that two hour conversation, he's the guy you need to talk to. Yeah, no, you know, and I really like that. It, it can't, you can't get really in the weeds with it. Um, but I, I like discussing some things like that and we may have to have him on here. Um, and really it's because I don't think a lot of waterfowl hunters understand the ballistics of what they're shooting. And just having other people talk about it, kind of people are like, huh, you know, I wonder what this is. You know, and we've done, you know, with Phil, we talk like the physics of shotgunning where you're, and really once you get into it, you're really just talking about numbers on paper. I mean, it's straight math, which I'm not a math genius or anything, but um, it is a good conversation to have. And we won't, we won't extend it here any longer because I do have several more questions for you here. You know, going into fall, you know, it's October. We are, we're ramping up. And some waterfowlers are ramping up. Some are already hunting, obviously. What is the opportunity for people to get their hands on Apex? And I only ask this because, you know, we've kind of talked offline a little bit about, you know, the difficulty in getting ammunition. How are you guys dealing with that? And what should, you know, your customers expect from Apex? Yeah, that is the golden question this year. Usually our questions are about choke tubes. This year it's about, can I get it? And I think that in defense of the entire ammunition world, I think that that is probably the question every manufacturer gets right now. So um, we are continuously in production. We have the means to continue to produce. Uh, however, you know the demand far exceeds our ability to keep up. And I think the demand right now is beyond the ability for most manufacturers to keep up. So there's a few there's a few weird things out there. So we're we're going to continue to produce. Um, I mean, all the way through January, we're gonna we're not even going to take our foot off the gas through next year. Um, we, we've got a pretty solid manufacturing plan for the next 24 months. And, uh, from, from that regard, you know, as long as we can keep producing and we can keep people serviced, um, you know, and, and right now I think that what we're looking at is, uh, from a, from a manufacturer standpoint, you know, there, it's not a matter of manufacturers don't want to, especially us. We don't want to and right now. It's like demand is so high. You know, you don't you don't put yourself a thimble out there and when it's just downpouring rain, you put that fifty-five gallon drum out. But there's also a point of the re- reality of the world too. You know, that we're all everybody um, is getting out of this pandemic, so it involves uh, raw material raw material shortages. I mean, we're talking about down to the exact polymer plastics that make you know, man, decoys makes hulls, wads. I mean, all those same kind of polymers out there are. I would say short supply, uh, which slows down molding, extrusions, things of that nature. Um, there's a brass steel 
shortage out there. So making the simple brass that goes onto a hull, uh, it's still being done, but not at the maximal manufacturing capacities that are out there right now. You know, gunpowder. Gun I mean, gunpowder, gun people are climbing over to get it right now. And that's that's small guys to big guys. It's like every no no one's really safe from uh, the worldwide component shortage. I was going to say you hear a lot of you know discussions about ammo you know being short some areas, and I think most people assume right off the bat that it's you know your five five six and you know nine millimeter and some of your more common I would say you know shooting target shooting and tactical type ammo. Where in reality, like you're kind of you're kind of alluding to it that it's the components for everything, and I, I find it just interesting. So you know that's awesome that you guys are are being able to maintain in you know production. Um, you know how how are you guys able to do that? Did you guys like stockpile this stuff, or you know I, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I mean we you know we have our projections set uh, the past uh, so by twenty by twenty nineteen or so we we knew what we wanted to try to do by you know twenty twenty two so we had already begun laying some of the groundwork by that point in time to to get our supply chain in order uh, and we kind of taken a lot of steps forward to do that and uh, you know we have some st- strategic partners that are in play right now that that have been a, a huge help in making sure that we can secure our raw materials to make that happen. So in that regard, we were, we luckily enough leaned far forward enough to make sure that this year was secure. Um, I wouldn't say that's the case for everybody. I mean, some people got caught in the weeds. Uh, if you're, if you're off in, in any of your purchases with some of your suppliers, man, like you miss gunpowder, you don't have shells, you miss, you know, holes, you don't have shells. So there are, uh, to make, you know, it's funny because we have a lot of buddies in the industry who who do a lot of center fire, and by comparison, you know, shot shells are more of a complex assembly because it's, it, there's preparation behind center fire. But there's a lot of parts to to a shot shell, and it's funny how precise an imprecise ammo has to be for it to operate right. And we're scattered, we're scattering shot, but I couldn't tell you exactly which pellet's going to go where. Versus a center fire guy who's going to make rifle rifle ammo. He could tell you, hey, what his MOA is. He's going to tell you, hey, at 998 yards, it's going to be right here. It's going to drop and spin, rotate here. Like it's all those things that play into uh, ammo manufacturing are done two different ways. But for us, if we're missing an internal component somewhere, man, we either have to one, redesign the entire thing, or two, not make it. And most time, we choose not to make it if we don't have the components, which pretty much is all the time, because if it's not going to be perfect, we don't send it. And we prefer not to send a subpar product out the door just to just to get a sale or just to you know cover a gap. Which a lot of people go, why not? You can still sell it. Well, the the, the thing that's important to us really is the brand of Apex and that that meticulous approach behind our manufacturing line comes all the way down to the customer experience, which is those conversations that we were just having a second ago about. Man, I took this shot. Didn't think I was going to get it or didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. And I completely bagged that bird 60 yards out, which was great. Uh, was it a marketing employee? No, but it spoke volumes to a great product. And then luckily I was there to, to talk to other guys who had questions about it. So now they understood more about it. Like you were saying, a lot of water, waterfowl hunters don't think about what they're shooting. And that's okay. A lot of guys don't think about the decoys they're using either. They just throw out ducks and just let them sit and hope for the best, you know? So uh, I think the ones that who are really serious about their time out there, who really invest and are dedicated to going out, 
those 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 are the hunters out there who are really asking those questions. And you you know, as a manufacturer, better have answers. And the more answers and education we can provide about the said product, you know, the more we become proficient at what we're doing. And then at the end game is having a having a really good experience out there in the field. Yeah, and you guys have some of that information on your website too. Um, you know, I've kind of lo- I've gone through that quite a bit. You know, just in the past last couple of years, you know, we've run some of your products and you know, waterfowlers wish lists and you know, new guns and gear and so. And I've gone through that and I you know, kind of a tip of the hat to you guys um, who really provided, like you mentioned, you know, um, you want people to ask those questions, but you have to have the answers. And so, and you guys have, have done a pretty good job of, of getting that information up there about even just TSS. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I've, I've had from, from other waterfowl hunters who are not familiar with TSS or even last year, I think TSS really hit mainstream. You know, you had a lot of people start pumping out TSS and everyone's like, what is this? <laughs> you know? And, and so, you know, providing that information is, is definitely a service to, um, you know, waterfowl hunters in general who are, who are curious about that. And, and you guys even have some of the ballistic test stuff on there. Um, but, you know, one question I have, and just kind of about production too, you mentioned, you know, with steel, the steel blend, and just the straight tungsten. Um, what do you see waterfowlers kind of lean to more just from, from your perspective? And, and what are you guys selling the most of there? Uh, we're selling the most of whatever they can get at the time they want to buy something right now. <laughs> what, what, you're selling everything you can make right now. So, I mean, it, you know, right now, honestly, uh, our, our, we move steel like crazy because, uh, again, you know, it's the time it's, it's just the year, but also last year we had, we sold everything out in steel that we could make last year. And that was, you know, so that was during the pandemic that was during all that stuff. And that was with the production plan of our growth, that our growth uh, measures we were going for, and this year is the same way. I mean, we started we started shipping out steel back in June. Yeah, so I mean, it was one of those things where normally we always scheduled shipments to start about August, but this year it's like we've we've, we've been producing it and we've been moving it nonstop. So a lot of our a lot of our dealers, uh, you know, they're out there and they're they're they they might get you know five six seven pallets and they're done selling it in less than seven days. So, and a lot of that's steel, a lot of it's the blend, um, but on our, on our retail front, direct to customers right now, probably because we don't have main steel online, all of our blends got bought out in a matter of seconds. And now it's all of our, uh, our Z series, which is our full tungsten load. that is just being bought by the cases, you know, hand over fist. Um, and I think what's, what's kind of neat about it is a lot of the guys who do who are coming for it they they're buying it as a return customer and they I, we can look and see they bought it last year and they may have bought a case they're buying like two or three cases right now just to probably to stock up is my my thought process um because really when you look at it our, our cases of our full tungsten load only come in a, in a hundred rounds for that case um because you don't need you need half the amount to to, to kill so that's that's one major factor right there. That kind of plays into uh, our, our our volumes, what we're kind of looking at at the moment. But yeah, tungsten for sure is just really taking off. Like you said, it kind of hit that mainstream. I'd say last year when we really sort of seen a whole lot. You know, um, I'll, I'll always kind of put this stamp on it that as a manufacturer that we were the first, and we were we're gonna we're gonna hold that one. Yeah, uh, we're gonna hold that trophy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, and we our, our intention is to also be the best at it. 
So we 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 focus on that that niche quite a bit. Yeah, and and you know before I get you out of here, I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of let people know where they can find Apex. Uh, we've had this conversation briefly, kind of before off air before we got on here, but um, I think it's good for people to know where they can find it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we we have about about fifty fifty five uh, retailers within our our, our network. Uh, they could all be found at apexmunition.com. And just go to our, our store, our store locator, and you can see who's got it right now. Uh, the biggest question is: is those guys that that carry it? Do they have it in stock right now? Uh, most of our dealers are still getting shipments. We have a bunch of shipments leaving this week, so uh, a lot of our stores will be restocked, and uh, that'll probably go fairly quick. But uh, and then whatever we have on our e-commerce platform right now, you can grab. We ship direct to to our customers. Man, Jason, this has been fantastic. Uh, is there anything else that you want the Ducks Unlimited audience to know about Apex products? Um, you know, I, I would just say that every single thing that that leaves our shop is is is. If you look at our, our turkey boxes or our Z series boxes right now, you'll see a signature inside of those hand loaded items. And those are our actual workers using a pen to sign and certify that each one of those has been inspected. And, uh, you know, from a, from a company perspective, just kind of talking about Apex in general, uh, you know, our, 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 our employees and people are the ones who really do the, the, they make the product that's coming to everyone's doorstep right now. And they take a huge pride in those items. So if you ever call up to, our, our, our shop. You might talk to Andrew. You might talk to Cameron. Man, if the, the phones are going crazy, you might even get Jared on the phone. You know, <laughs> if it's real crazy, you'll probably get me on the phone. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where we try to have that personal touch at every step of the way. And if you ever have an issue, it just call up because we have someone standing by to take care of that problem. Um, we stand by the, the quality that leaves our doorstep, but we we intend to keep bringing new products to the to the, to the table. And as as Apex grows, you know, it's one of those funny things that most people think about business as a, oh man, they're they're crushing it. You know, they're they're they're, they're making money hand over fist right now. And it's really the matter of that we're just reinvesting for the next years to come. And then as a company grows, it's remiss if it doesn't start giving back. So for us, you know, we we want more places to duck on. You know, for, for Jared, Nick, and myself and our partners, we're all hunters. And, you know, for the first, I'd say first four years of Apex, not one of us drew a check from Apex at all. We we, we were just, we just kept pumping money back in and reinvesting everything back into the company to get to where it's at today for the opportunity in the long run to be more involved with conservation, to be involved with, you know, any kind of veteran affairs that are out there, to things that we can kind of give back to our community uh, while supporting our employees and guys who helped get to this point. So that's that's one of those things we're always trying to recycle back into the company and then uh, back out to our customers and their, and their experience. Man, that's fantastic. And I know just from experience, you know, Apex kind of, you know, really provides, you know, that the for me really is the confidence when I was shooting it. Uh, you just had the confidence in, in the fact that, you know, you're not going to be crippling birds and, you know, things like that, that they really play into, especially my mindset when I'm out there hunting. So, but this has been great. It's been a great conversation. You know, I think everyone really learned a lot about just Apex, the company in general, but also, um, you know, TSS and even some of your, uh, some of your issues that you're having right now with, you know, even production that not necessarily just you, but everyone in the country is having right now. And I think that that really brings to light some great information for our audience. So I do appreciate you joining us today and, and thanks a lot. I look forward to doing it again. Thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. I'd like to thank my guest, Jason Lonsbury, the CEO of Apex for coming on today and talking about Apex ammunition. I'd like to thank 
our producer, Chris Isaac, for putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.